Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN, uh, sorry, uh, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers download the podcast. So, Key, we're just talking about um, the Knicks and, yeah. and the, a loss in a game that should have been a schedule loss for the Bucks, really, uh, with uh, Rick DiPietro and Dave Rothenberg. Um, Max, can I explain what I meant yeah, when yeah. I said that go, they go, were go, a poor go, man's go. version of the Miami Heat? Go, go. So it's not a slight. It's just where they are, right? Like the Miami Heat, when you think about Bam Adebayo, all-star, like Jimmy Butler, all-star, right? Kyle Lowry, NBA champion, guys that have been on that upper-tier verge that have had that kind of success, that have played in that system defensively for a long time. Julius Randle, all-star, understand exactly what everybody's saying. Last year, made it, get it. But, like, that next tier, like, defensively, they need to be gritty each and every night. Kimba Walker at this stage with his knees doesn't really bring that intensity all the time. You do have the depth. You saw that depth come in, surge energy last night. But, like, even when the game when Ricky Rubio looked like an all-star at home against the, the Knicks, you're like, those are closeouts that you need to play that way all the time. And your young guys, I think, can sustain that. I'm not sure for 82 games, but your old guys aren't used to that being the way they played. Kimball Walker, Evan Fournier, that's not how they're used to sustaining playing throughout the course of their career. They got a lot of good guys, like quickly, and this guy and that guy. They got a lot of – it's a deep roster with good players. They don't have – when you say poor man's heat – they don't have a Jimmy Butler. They don't have a guy who's maybe in the MVP conversation. That's why I look at R.J. Barrett, and I think uh, Julius Randle, apologies, Julius Randle, we saw last year's playoffs. He's He's incredible. But he's not a number one option in the playoffs. If R.J. Barrett can become that guy, they got a fighting shot. So here's my question, and look, R.J. Barrett went to Duke. I love watching him play. He's an absolute beast. But when you look at next-tier guys, I sometimes think that R.J. lacks at that pop-pop. Yeah, he lacks the fast twitchy on the next level. Pop-pop, right, and he – He's shooting the ball better, which is a huge step for him in his career. But there's still a little bit of that bully ball with the way he gets to the rim. Uh, I just don't know if he's, he's that young, next, Jay, really next, young, very young. Yeah. Ceiling is high. Is that you're going to have that question for a while until you see him get next, next level? I mean, when you watch John ja Morant, you go, "That's it." Yes, that's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah. R.J. Barrett, I'm still questioning whether that's it. After the game, um, Coach Thibodeau dismissed any idea. That they need more time to develop chemistry because that was the hey adding new pieces only twelve games in, they need more chemistry. Coach, what do you think about that? You know what they say when it's ten games, you say we need twenty, and when you, when you get to twenty, you say thirty, and then when you get to thirty, you say forty, and then before you know it, the season's over. So that's a bunch of bullshit. Said no, he's right. I agree. <laughs> he's a hundred percent right. I mean, you know, it 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 starts now. It doesn't start later. And when you Go out there and you display your talents early in the season. No one would ever say anything about twenty games, thirty games, forty games, fifty games. But when you are kind of clunkering along, people look for excuses as to why. And he's absolutely right, though. You look up and the season will be over with, and everybody saying, "Well, if we did this early on, well, uh, yeah." That's obvious. Well, you know why they were winning games, Key? They were shooting lights out from the three-point line, man. Yeah, unsustainable. They were scoring it. They were scoring it. Defensive ratings, they're 119.3. That's worse in the league. Well, last year that wasn't the case, though. 
Well, last because last year they weren't scoring it at the high clip, so they had to focus on the nuances of what they needed to do defensively each and every night. And by the way, like last year, this team did overachieve. Let's be last year was a unique year with a bunch of you know, injuries, COVID. But I'm not taking out anything away from them. They deserve to be exactly where they were at. Listen, listen, hope and fear, right? Like we're telling you a lot about what what to fear, but let's talk about the silver lining here, okay? Jay, you brought up a good point. I said this should have been a schedule loss for the Bucks. They played their third game in four nights and the second of back to back on the road. On the other hand, they're the defending champs. And you pointed out, guess who else was playing their third game in four nights? The Knicks. The Knicks. So, so they weren't playing the second of back-to-back, and they were at home. But they're also not the defending champs, and they had played three out of four. Also, they fell behind, came all the way back, and then they couldn't get it done in well, the end. Well, they came back with re- their bench because yeah. their bench lost a lot of that oomph at the end. Yeah, he left his starters in too long for a while, and but but – my point is there are reasons – like if Knicks fans are looking at this team thinking, oh, we should just beat the Bucs on a – calm down. There are reasons to be hopeful within that game last they night. They did beat well, the Bucs in Milwaukee. The Bucs didn't have Drew Holiday. Right. But you also right? got to look Drew at – Drew Holiday being back now is a huge big difference. difference maker for this team. Big be- difference. Being from New York, you also got to look at where they were prior to last year. They were not a very good basketball organization. And so you know how it goes. All of a sudden, you get a little bit of water – and now you want more. And that's what happens now. Thirsty. They were yeah. thirsty. They were thirsty for something that happened good for them last year, so the expectations grew. You know, and now all of a sudden we're going to the finals in a little bit of a letdown. Now they can't play anymore. That's just the way New Yorkers are. You know well, that, Max. I, I, I'm not saying they can't play, Key, but watching that game last night, I mean, Pat Connaughton Pat Con- shot lights out from the three-point line. Lights out from it, came off the bench last night and made seven threes. And a lot of these threes, if you're a Knicks fan, you're watching it, you know why you're pissed off? It's open. Yeah. Why there, there wasn't Not closing a out. sense of yeah. urgency or effort to close out on a guy making seven threes. If you, if you mitigate that after that comeback, like you're in the he made three threes down the stretch that solidified the game where he was open. Guys, Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker, Julius Randle, Fournier, Barrett. By the way, Obi Toppin can show you some stuff. Emmanuel Quickly is going to be a big Quickly, player. Quickly, I'm telling you. Mitchell Robinson. They have they, – my point they is don't, they, 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 got they have some players. Ten, yeah, they got some but players, they don't have a star. They got some players. Yeah. Those are players. They are, they're players. Yeah, they're That's players. Right. I mean, Rose is a name of the past. But he Who's can still so, play. But, but, man, but, but still is a solid player. Yep. He's not yes. Rose MVP. Right. That's and why, that's why mm. the Knicks are going to be where they are until they get a guy that can get them over the top. Every Jay, team's got why, a guy over the top. Key, that's why yesterday on the show we talked about how league averages were down shooting and how it ultimately was affecting Dame Lillard. And I said yesterday, considering everything that Dame has been through, there's been a lot of talk around the league that the one team Dame wants to come to is the New York Knicks. When you talk about a 1A type player that allows Julius Randle and can complement Julius Randle with the pick and pop surrounding with shooting no that doubt. is Dame Lillard. His DNA is perfectly built for this no damn doubt. city. I am telling you, and with Neil O'Shea, O'Shea, the GM, that investigation in the work conduct manner, what happened with Chauncey Billups, what's happening with the foul calling and this team really never reaching their peak of what we think the Portland Trailblazers can be. It's looking like it's trending in that direction. They could hold on to Mitchell Robinson and still, you know, also. But I'll say this, Jay. Um, 
the reason I keep harping on R.J. Barrett, we saw in the playoffs last year, Julius Randle is not a number one option in the playoffs. He's really probably best as a third, a second I mean, He's or a not third. even a number one option in the regular season. Yeah, but although he, he had a great year. Yeah. But R.J. Barrett, whether or not he's the guy to take you to the next level or a guy who becomes an attractive enough piece, piece to trade or a guy who's good enough to get a superstar to say, yeah, I want to play with him and Julius Randle. To me, I, I, the, the more I look at it, the more I'm convinced the Knicks' hopes for the future, one way or another, come down to Barrett's development. You know, even if it is for Damian Lillard, even if it is to play second banana, they, they can't just have eight, ten guys who are all pretty good. They need one dude to pop his head up a little bit. But even though R.J. Bear was his third year, Second. Yeah, but he's young. He's like twenty one. How old is he? Yeah. But he's I'm saying, in his, but is in, in, in his in his third year, guys in a third year, you know by now what that's going to be. You just do. Yeah. By the time you get, because you're not saying that about John Moran. No, but Jaws a different. You, you, no, different no, but, but, that's what I'm saying. But you're, you're right. not yeah. saying it about him. You didn't say it about Donovan Mitchell in his third year. Yeah. You didn't say, You're you saying know, it's a little wishful thinking? I'm trying to tell you. You, you got to know by the third year what it is. Yeah. And, I, and, I, remember, and I, remember, I remember Shaq saying this years ago. Years ago. Oh, he's still young. Shaq said, man, a dude in his third damn fourth <laughs> year. Man, what you mean he's still young? All right. Um, speaking of New York and, and New York facts. teams. Facts. Hashtag. Robert Sala Hashtag named Mike facts. White the starting quarterback for week 10 against the Bills. This is White's third straight start. So Sala was asked if the Jets are going back on their opinion that playing Zach Wilson is what's best for the young quarterback. Listen to coach. Mike has done a phenomenal job in presenting the ability where you're getting good football uh, out of the quarterback. So it'd be one thing if you were throwing out a quarterback and he was just playing terrible and there's nothing to learn from. It's another thing when there's a quarterback that's giving you a, a clear blueprint on how this offense is supposed to be run in, in that regard. So um, absolutely. Do I think that playing and getting those reps is vital? Absolutely. Do I think watching good ball is vital? Absolutely. Mm. I, some people are going to say, I know Jets fans can say, well, he's taking a shot at Zach Wilson. I, I, don't, I don't see it that way. I see it as, and Coach K has done this a couple of times, and I've seen some great coaches, and I've seen LeBron James do this too. Sometimes when you say things to players, as a player or as a coach, you can say it over and over key, and sometimes it just doesn't resonate with the guy. But sometimes when you say something to the public, and it's a headline, as a player you look at it and you say, damn, this is, uh, this is real. It creates almost a, a burning sense of urgency from that player, like, yo, I got I to gotta go out here and, and take it now. Like, this isn't just given to me. Like, it was given to Zach Wilson. So when I, see, when I hear Robert Sala say this about Mike White, I'm sitting there at Zach Wilson. I'm like, all right, it's your opportunity now. I've said it. You have to go take it. It's not, it's not given to you anymore. Zach, when you come back, you have to go take it. I'm going to be blunt and arrogant and everything else that you would describe me as. I don't know if Robert Sala is that guy, though. But I also don't know if who's running the organization is that guy, to be honest with you. I don't know that Joe Judge, and, and many times over, in all honesty, I'm never wrong in these situations, man, when I'm looking at this type of stuff. I don't know that Joe Judge and Robert Sala and that group 
is the right group moving forward. There's something that tells me it's not. And I don't mean Joe Judge. I meant um, Douglas. Doug, uh, jo- Joe, Joe Douglas. Joe Judge, Joe Douglas, too many Joes. Well, Joe Judge, too. But um, <laughs> yeah, you could apply that to a, Joe Judge. Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. I don't know that they're <laughs> the right group moving forward for the New York Jets. I just When you say, what is it, that thing that's, if you had to smell it, what's that smell that you're smelling? It's too many, it's been too many indecisions along the way on how to do things. Starting from hiring of coaches to bringing in veteran quarterbacks late in the season to John Beck coming on board to now where you're looking at Mike White and you're not giving a definitive answer on whether or not Zach Wilson moving forward is the guy. It's all of those sort of things. And it just makes you question if they know what the hell they're doing. And I'm, I'm usually right in this. I'm just being honest with you. Let's bring Sal Pal, Sal Palantonio, really into this quest, conversation on the Goodyear mm-hmm. Hotline. Author, by the way, of my favorite football book, How Football <laughs> Explains America. I, I, it's just a great book. I highly recommend it. Great holiday gift if you have a sports fan in your life. Short book. You don't have to worry about it. Hey, Sal, good morning. Good morning, Max. Good morning, Key. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, How's everybody hey, today? How you doing, brother? So, I yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing happy, good. Happy Veterans Day, uh, Sal. Yes. Yes. Hope you have a good one. Hey, thanks. It, it was an honor to serve. It was an honor to serve, Key. It really was. Thank you for your service. We're, we're just talking about Robert Sala, as I'm sure you heard, and his struggles in his first season. Um, Key's been talking about how hyped head coaches, first-time head coaches who are hyped, Sala, Adam Gase, guys like that, don't seem to pan out. Do you agree with that? And if so, why do you think that is? Well, I think it's not a one-size-fits-all. So uh, I was around Robert Sala during training camp, and the number one issue that I saw on the team is the thing that Key pointed out, is that they did not have a veteran backup to Zach Wilson. If they had signed one early on and let that guy start, maybe – or have him in the bullpen ready, maybe, then you wouldn't have had to go through, as Key pointed out, the indecision, the learning on the fly. And that, that's on Joe Douglas. That, that's on the general manager. So you, so you know you're going to have growing pains with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. You know you're going to have that. And it's the Jets. They're trying to rebuild a team that only scored, that only won two games last year. So you knew you were going to have that. Now they got two wins now. They're two and six. And, you know, they're, they're turning over the keys to Mike White, at least semi-permanently, it looks like, until Zach Wilson gets fully healthy. Again, you're learning on the fly. There's going to be growing pains. You know, Sal, when, when I look at the growing pains of things with these coaches and front office people, and you got Mike White, who clearly has played better quarterback in a short period of time than Zach Wilson has on a long period. It's going to be interesting, as you know, been in 17,000 million stadiums and locker rooms in your tenure, that if this kid continues to play well, that even when Zach Wilson comes back, that locker room is going to be fragile because they want to win. And that's the scary part about it. There's no question about it. So this is my 29th year on the road covering the NFL, 27 for ESPN. 
And the one constant that I've always seen is the fellas want to win. Whatever it takes to win. Don't, don't tell me about this guy or that guy or this scheme or that scheme. We're, we're going to do whatever it takes to win because this is our moneymaker. This is the way we feed our families. This is my profession. This is my career that you're talking about. So we're going to come together however we can to win football games. Now, I look at the situation. I'll dovetail down to Philadelphia where I am. We knew there would be growing pains with a rookie head coach and a quarterback who only started four games last year. So now Sirianni, Nick Sirianni, is learning on the fly. He's learning he has to run the ball. It's a run-based offense, not a pass-based offense with Jalen Hurts. And it looks like they've learned their lesson. Now, it was a little late. There's no, there's no question it was a little late, probably three or four games late. Last two games, though, key, they ran the ball 85 times, 412 yards, six rushing touchdowns, and voila, they scored 68 points. Now, they defensively, they're still – got growing pains. The, the, the rookie defensive coach, Jonathan Gannon, slow to figure out he's got to make some changes. That always happens with new coaches, but the locker room, Fletcher Cox, veteran guys, Jason Kelsey are like, hey, let's get with the program. Let's, let's figure out what it takes to win football games. Sal, you've covered the league for a long time. You've been around Bill Belichick a ton. Are the Pats the best fit for OBJ? I believe that they are, Jay. I really do. Why? You know, well, when you go to the New England Patriots, you go into the Navy SEALs of the NFL. Mm. You know, Bill Belichick is going to test you and say, are you fully committed, mind, body, and soul, to doing what it takes to win? We have a certain way of doing things here, a certain culture, whatever you want to call it. And you have to be totally committed. And if I were OBJ, and I've been around him, you know, a little bit, I've interviewed him, I've seen him at the Super Bowl now and again, I would call Cam Newton. I would call Corey Dillon. I would call Randy Moss up on the phone and say, why did you decide to go to New England? Why was that the place for you, and how did it work, and why did it work? Now, OBJ's been traded by the Giants and released by the Browns, okay? So this is the third bite to the apple. How many more bites are you going to get? Now, I'm not saying he wouldn't fit in New Orleans, because I think Sean Payton comes out of the same Bill Parcells tree. Payton's going to coach him up, for sure, and certainly Bill Belichick. And to me... And see, this is the thing. It shouldn't be about what the team needs now at this point. It should be about what OBJ needs for himself to get healthy and whole and get his profession back on track. What about, what about Sal, the fact that he's never had a great quarterback throwing him the ball? If you look at the Packers, for example, he'd not only have a great quarterback throwing him the ball, but would have a very good chance to win a Super Bowl and also get credit for putting them over the top. Does that resonate yeah, with you well, at all? Yeah, it, it certainly does, Max. There's, there's no question about it. I mean, the Packers are a special circumstance because before Aaron Rodgers was knocked out with COVID, they were, they were going to run the table, in my view. I looked at their schedule, looked how they played in Arizona without Devontae Adams, and I said, here's what the league is right now, what the NFL is right now. And this, this number comes from 
Evan Kaplan of ESPN Stats and Information, and it's a number that you should really focus on. There have been, this year, 35 games with a game-winning score in the final two minutes or overtime. That's the most through Week 9 all time, all time. So as I mentioned, I've been covering the league for 29 years. I had the last two games I covered went to overtime. That's the first time ever I had back-to-back games go into overtime. So I started calling coaches this week. I said, is this changing the way you coach? Absolutely it is. The talking point and the focus is now on what are we doing on third down in the fourth quarter on offense and defense? No turnovers in the fourth quarter. No penalties. Hammer that home. How are we winning on third down in the fourth quarter? And you go back and look at that Arizona game where Rodgers without Devontae Adams. His pocket management, his ability to throw guys open on third down. Third down in the fourth quarter has never been more important. And if you have a quarterback who can win with his arm on third down in the fourth quarter. That's the major difference in the NFL right now. Sal Palantonio, one of our veterans, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Sal, today is Veterans Day, and we know about your service in the Navy. You will be part of ESPN. Salute the service today at 6.30 Eastern on ESPN. What will the viewers see on this special moment today well uh, booger mcfarland and uh, jimmy pataro the, the, the espn president myself and michael eaves um and, and uh, a lot of other people put together a fantastic number of pieces around the u.s coast guard academy down in new london connecticut and if you've never been down there or had a chance to visit it, it really truly is a super special place now, I've been to Annapolis and West Point, but that was my first time being on the Coast Guard Academy. So, Key, they throw me into the simulator, the ship driving simulator. Now, I, I, was driving, I was driving ships in the Indian Ocean at age 23, okay? Every ship, I was qualified. So I, but I haven't driven a big ship in a long time. But they, show me, they throw me in the ship simulator in New York Harbor. And they say, okay, you can't run into anything. Here you go. I want you to watch the piece when it runs on TV because it's pretty funny. It's good. It's good stuff. Sal Palantonio, ladies and gentlemen. Sal, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning. Thanks, Sal. All right, Max. Hey, yeah, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it very much. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with special coverages for your commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. The Jets are rolling with the Mike White album for another week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Evan tried something there. Mike That's White, next. Mike Keyshawn nice. J. Willemax on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. White takes the snap, gives to Moore. It's a reverse. Mike White wide open. They'll throw it to him. He's got it. Jamison Crowder on a little Philly special. Finds Mike White for two. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We are on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Your smart speakers download the podcast. Meantime... Damian Woody joins us, giving you the straight talk, as he always does, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Good morning, D. Wood. What's up, baby? Keep, keep talking about it like I came out the pen with my, the, way I'm, the way I'm dressed right now. Man, what you mean by that? Well, you got jeans on, yeah. a dark blue sweatshirt, <laughs> yeah. white shoes. It just got that, you know, I watch a lot of, like, shows, ID networks, and things of that nature, so... You know, locked up, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and you a big old burly dude, so yeah. you came look, walking in. I'm like, yeah, he just fresh out. He looks like, <laughs> to me, you look like a kid in New York, freshly dipped, going to high school. Okay. Like okay. you and me are supposed to go to LaGuardia and, and holler nah, at some girls later or no, something. No, you trying when to soften high school. it up. No, he looked like he fresh out of rock. No, Island. look, he's got the collar. It's crispy. The, 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 yeah, the only thing is cousin, the bottom of the jeans are a little, a little just, wide, a little he flare. Just, he just got out the pen, and his cousin picked him up. <laughs> I can he, see. That's what he By the way, like. you know, we should post that online and see which one it is. Run a poll. <laughs> Out the pen or freshly dipped in high right. school? Um, before we get to the Jets, Wood, in honor of your name, do you know who won the 2003 Football Outsiders Keep Chopping Wood Award for the player who most hurt his team? Man, I have no 03. idea. 03. 03. Yeah. I don't, who? Hmm. Hmm. Who won that? Who? Hmm. I didn't even know. Is there someone an award? sitting in this very room? It well, wasn't you must, me. You must have won it, then. You know, I didn't play. That most hurt his team? Yeah. You're looking at him. Woof. Well, Key? The only player who is deactive for half the season. <laughs> why didn't he try, did, and he did why they, half a season worth of games, as Evan just pointed why out. Yes. Shade, why are they shading you like that, Key? Because it's probably some website that somebody who never met me, don't know me, has never had two conversations with me, is creating for content. Okay. okay. And don't know what the hell he's talking about. Right, and right. just writing to be writing. Okay. That's all. That's now, it. to be fair, and there so were some Evan, big names on that list. And so Evan is is it loves this sort of stuff. You know, <laughs> when he can poke at me for being a, as Max would describe it, a malcontent. Oh. Evan, when he was a small child on his father's knee, said, Evan, one day you're going to grow up and try to destroy athletes just like just like that guy Max <laughs> Kellerman on TV. <laughs> you are you're locked in on the Jets situation as anyone D yep. would. Uh, I want you to hear what Robert Sala had to say about why Mike White will start will start for the Jets. What it means about their original plan for Zach Wilson. Listen to this. Mike has done a phenomenal job in presenting the ability where you're getting good football. Uh, out of the quarterback so it'd be one thing if you were throwing out a quarterback and he was just playing 
terrible and there's nothing to learn from. It's another thing when there's a quarterback that's giving you a, a clear blueprint on how this offense is supposed to be run in, in that regard. So um, absolutely. Do I think that playing and getting those reps is vital? Absolutely. Do I think watching good ball is vital? Absolutely. Would, I mean, listen, Mike White has was drafted in 18, right? He's been around for a little bit, not like Zach Wilson just there, but he, he is playing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you think about Coach? Well, listen, I think, uh, I think he made the absolute right decision because the one thing I Key will tell you this, man, is, man, you can't fool the players in the locker room. What did okay? I just say to Sal, pal? You can't, you can't fool the players in the locker room. Players, you know, Mike White comes in and, you know, against the Cincinnati Bengals slinging it for 405 yards and players are like, man, do you see how much better our offense runs with this cat in here? You see how much better the offensive line is playing? You see how much better the wide receivers are playing? So, like, the coaching staff, they look at that and say, yeah, we know that we drafted you number two, but we can't take out the guy who basically changes every changes everything about the offense, the way the offense looks, the tempo and everything. Also, Zach, you'll you, get back in when you stop playing like number two. Yes. Well, listen, Zach is going to get back in because he's the number two pick they yeah. committed $35 million to. Yeah. Million dollars. He's I going don't to, even need to speak no more, man. But, you know, he, he's going to get his opportunity. He's going, he's going to get back in there. But if Mike White keeps, keeps balling like this, they're going to keep riding him. Okay? Huh? Listen, the Jets are the youngest team in the league. They're playing the most rookies. So you also got – an opportunity to evaluate these guys while the quarterback is playing well. That's also a part of this whole deal. Yeah, and and, and as I told Sal Powell, he echoes everything I just said. Yeah. What he does. And 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 so in the end, you certainly wanna try and see what you have with the number two pick overall. And this is the funny thing about it. It's they over evaluate these quarterbacks and they get panicky. When Mike White probably could have been the guy all along. But yeah. because they get lazy and evaluating and they get pressured and spooked because somebody says, well, he's the next guy, they feel that they have to go get him instead of saying, you know what, man, I, I kind of like what this Mike White is doing. Against the Indianapolis coach, he had him neck and neck 7-7. Seven, seven. He was playing good till he got hurt. Um, By the way, the two of you, it's almost like you both played a lot of years in the league and are Super Bowl champions the way you two are talking. It's the same. It's the same. You're all, both saying the exact same thing. Well, yeah. because we, we've seen it. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we've, we've been, been there. there. Yeah, we've yeah. been there and seen exactly how this thing go. OBJ is on the move again. Um, he wasn't on the move the first time. They moved him. He didn't ask to be moved. This time he basically said he wanted to get to a better situation for him in his career and where he is now. So what should he do? Like, where should he go and how should he approach it? I think it's imperative for OBJ to get to an environment that's going to help him be the best player that he can be. Because right now he needs a reset. OBJ is living more off reputation than production right now. I said said a few minutes ago on Get Up, man, I think New England would be a good spot for him. And I, you listen, I know from a, from a quarterback perspective, there are probably better options. But when I look at the New England Patriots right now, their defense is balling. They got a top three defense. Offensively, they know who they are. They're going to run the ball. Mac Jones is not going to turn the ball over. 
the one thing that they're missing, they're missing an alpha on the outside. They don't have that. And I think because they don't have an alpha on the outside, at some point later in the season or possibly in the postseason, that could come back to bite them. I think Bill Belichick will will know exactly how to use OBJ. He's done it before when he traded for Randy Moss. Now, I'm not comparing OBJ to Randy Moss because I think Randy Moss is one-on-one, but he knows how to, sit, how to work this situation. And so I think you get OBJ with Bill Belichick and that New England culture, I think that would be the best thing for him not only this year, but moving, but moving forward for him. Yeah. By the way, Odell Beckham Jr. stats his first three years almost identical to Randy Moss. His bad years in Cleveland almost the same as Randy Moss in Oakland. And then Randy Moss's next step was with Bill Belichick in New England. Thank you, D. Wood. The very latest on OBJ from the very best. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. What's the best fit for Odell? Green Bay, man. You want to get playing time and balls. You want to have a chance to win the championship. You want to play with a good quarterback. All those things are probably Green Bay. Here's a wild card of all wild cards. The Arizona Cardinals. Keyshawn, J. Max, ESPN Radio. Adam Schefter joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear, more driven. Good morning, Adam. Key. Max, Jay, what's going on, guys? What's happening, buddy? What's good, Shefty? You tell me what's going on. What's the latest on Odell Beckham Jr.? Well, I think that teams believe that it'll take him a couple of days to make a decision here. I continue to maintain from a common sense standpoint that we'll have something by Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, because that's when he has to be signed by to be paid for this week. Now, he could take extra time to mull his decision, but it would cost him whatever it is, a proration of whatever's remaining left on his contract for this year. So to me, Saturday, 4 p.m. is the time he has to sign to be paid for this week. Now, somebody suggested to me this week that, well, maybe he wants to wait to see how New Orleans fares Sunday, Kansas City fares Sunday, because he wants to plan a contender. And if one of those teams were to lose, it's obviously a hit to them that particular week. Uh, I mean, that's that's feasible. It could happen. I just think... Logically, 
Uh, I like to follow the money here, and the money tells me he'll be signed by 4 p.m. on Saturday. Adam, explain to me, because I'm, I'm a little lost because, you know, I was with you yesterday as well, and when you said that he had to be signed by this weekend if he wanted to make sure that he got the money, you know, taken yeah. care of, does Cleveland not owe him anything? Well, Cleveland paid him $4.5 million for the remainder of the year, but then whatever he gets is on top of that. So he's made his money from Cleveland, and now – he makes whatever somebody else is going to pay him. Oh, so, so that, that's already paid out, Shefty? That's four and a half million yes, up front. Okay. Four and a half million. Yeah, yeah okay. yes, counts. Yes. Oh, that's good. I didn't I didn't even know that. See, that's why you're the best in the business, because information like that I wouldn't have. I was thinking, I'm like, well, they gotta pay him anyway, but the fact that he has four and a half million already banked, the other stuff is basically a cherry on top. Um yeah. what what's been the reaction around the league? to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, you know, for these lightweight fines, I would say 300000 to the team in a little bit over 14000 to Aaron Rodgers as well as Alan Lazar, which I blame Aaron Rodgers for getting <laughs> Lazar caught up in the mix. You know, listen, I, I think there's a, a few different ways to look at this, right? It's consistent with what the league has done with other teams. Um, on the other hand, I think a lot of other teams see this and they're not pleased with it. They feel like, now, there was more attention paid to a guy like Aaron Rodgers and his stature and that the fines, considering what went on, were not in line with what happened here. Now, the other thing is is that we, we've seen a guy like C.D. Lamb uh, be fined five times in the first six games of the season. He was fined $5,000 for having his shirt untucked, $15,000 the second time for having his shirt untucked. So, you know, the message there is that two untucked shirts is worse than being unvaccinated and unmasked, right? So, I mean, there, 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 there's mixed messages here, and it's just a question of how you want to look at it. I think the league feels like it did exactly what it's done with other violators of COVID policies, and I think teams don't feel like it was strong enough. And then there's just the optics of comparing it to other fines for other fences and the image that that holds for fans. Shefty, what's the latest on Nick Chubb and the running back situation over for the Cleveland Browns? You know, let, me, let me just point this out. Look, the, the Browns are without Nick Chubb right now, Kareem Hunt, Demetri Felton, Chubb and Felton tested positive, Kareem Hunt's on IR. And, and obviously, may, maybe not quite as serious, but the, the, the Patriots have their own running back issues this week. Their top two running backs, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, both have concussions. Both didn't practice yesterday. So we don't know who's going to be playing running back to the Browns and for the Patriots on Sunday. Dearness Johnson will be out there for Cleveland. I don't know that Nick Chubb and Felton will be able to make it back. They're going to have to have two negative tests, 24 hours apart. It's complicated by the fact that the game is in New England. The team travels Saturday. So if Chubb or Felton were to get a clean test Saturday after the team left, they'd have to get to Foxborough on their own, uh, which is always possible. But I think if we look at the history of players who test positive midweek, uh, the chances of them making it back by Sunday are are low. Not impossible, but low. And so I think the Browns have to operate under the assumption that they will not have Chubb and Felton. And we'll wait to see whether the Patriots, two running backs, clear through concussion protocol or whether they don't and what New England does in the backfield on Sunday. Shefty, on a random note, I did want to say congratulations to your Michigan Wolverines for being uh, ranked over Michigan State, even though controversial. Congratulations to you, my man. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thank you, Jay. That stuff, yeah, that never means much to me. I just like to see uh, the team do well and 
And uh, we'll see what happens with that. That is Adam Schefter from the Adam Schefter Podcast and our senior NFL insider. Thank you, Adam. All right, Chef. Let's let's get to that game for a second that we were just talking to Adam about. Um, Okay, what's the impact of Nick Chubb's absence on the Browns' offense, guys? What you know, like here's the thing about Dearness Johnson. He did have what hundred buck twenty seven something crazy like that for a dude that no one's ever heard of, really, like on the Browns' offense uh, against the Broncos' defense what, three weeks ago. Yeah, first of all, D. Ernest is his name, and <laughs> I wonder how he got that. But you know, look, here is what I would say about going up against the Pats and Bill Belichick: they're going to make Baker Mayfield earn his money. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be very difficult for them against this defense and what they do to hit pay dirt. It's not it, – it, it's just a very – it's going to be a very difficult game given the fact that Baker is a little banged up. They don't have Nick Chubb in the lineup. And the coverages in which New England likes to run, which is a lot of man-to-man, cover-to-man, singled-up man, and – bringing extra people in blitz situations and knowing that you have a quarterback that's not going to escape the pocket, you get the benefit of the doubt in terms of doing that. Uh, You know, Nick Chubb not being in the lineup for whatever reason, if he's not there, is going to hurt. Mm -hmm. If It's going to hurt. By the way, this man has missed two games, and he's third in the league in rushing yards. He's a monster. Third in the league in rushing large after missing two games. He's a monster, and he's running behind a real good offensive line, too. Like, why is D, you know, him and then Kareem Hunt are special talents, but they're out. Why can the next guy and the next guy run? They got, a, they got an offensive line. You know, they really do. By the way, Key, I never told you this, but um, my real name is D. Max Kellerman. It's D. Max. D. Max. Yeah, D. D. Apostrophe Max Kellerman, as a matter of fact. What <laughs> yeah, impact? That, that, that doesn't even, your parents would never do that to you. What impact? <laughs> how not. would you know? <laughs> because. That, what impact? Because you um, ain't black. They don't do we that. Do that game ah. and all others are having in Vegas. Plus, we finally we got a ruling on last week's controversy. That's up. next on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and D. Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.